the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to The Green Room. This is a show where we cover all the latest news and hot topics from within our lovely driving instructor world. As always, I am your somewhat festive Northern host, Terry Cook. I'm delighted to be here, but you guys will be delighted it's not just me, because today I am joined by not one, not two, but three of the most handsome men in all of driving instructor land. Uh, first up, we are joined up by a regular guest on the show and co-founder of the DITC, Chris Benson. Hello, how you doing? Uh, all the better for seeing your smiley face, obviously. We are also joined by the, let me get this right, head of training at the ADA NJC and a man of immaculate film and book knowledge and taste, Tom Stenson. Good evening, everybody. And last but not least, we are joined by the founder of Bright Coaching and the Scottish Han Solo, Stuart Lockery. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Lovely, lovely to be here. Yep. And I am going to try this one more time. Stuart, I love you. <laughs> love you, I do. Well, it's still not doing it right. Right, whatever. We'll move on promptly. So uh, tonight we are going to be doing two things. We are going to be reflecting back on 2023 on some of the highs and some of the lows and seeing potentially which is more of. But I have also created five of the best questions you will ever see asked to anyone ever We'll be discussing those as we go through, kicking off with the first one. Now, there is a very specific reason why I have opted for this first question, because I feel that there are a lot of people in the industry that are quite almost in the public eye, and it's easy to look at them as driving. In fact, I'm going to use you as an example, Tom. You are the head of training. You are clearly good at what you do, you go on stage, you present webinars, you come on the Instructor Podcast, do all this amazing stuff. So I think it's easy for us uh, to look at someone like yourself and think, right, Tom's just really good. I'll never be as good as him. We don't always see the flaws. We don't always see the frailties. We don't always see the vulnerability. So that's why we're starting off with this first question. So I'll come to you first with this, Tom. What is your biggest failure slash cock-up this year? Yeah, I spent ages trying to think about this one earlier. Um, and I personally, I feel like I've had several mini cock-ups throughout the year, um, which sort of accumulate to the biggest one. And I don't feel like I've learned enough in 2023. I don't feel like I've progressed as far as I want to have progressed within that 12 months, I suppose. So whether we can call that a failure, I see it as a failure, um, because from what you were just saying, I don't personally see myself at the top of the ladder, um, and part of me doesn't ever want to be there, because I think learning, I enjoy it, and I feel if I've got nothing more to learn, I might lose interest. So for me, it's very important to make sure that I'm learning new things, and I feel like I've learned things as well. So I suppose that's my biggest failure for 2023, is I don't feel like I've progressed personally as much as I wanted to. So have you taken a learn from that as well? Like you said, that something you've taken in that's went far from that? Yeah, yeah. I've I've put a, um, a stricter plan in place for 2024. Um, I've given myself a few deadlines that I'd like to meet. Um, and I just feel like I've probably got to give myself a bit of a kick up the backside, really, to make sure it happens. I like it. So we're going to come to, to you, Stuart, with the same question. What's your biggest failure slash 
cock up of 2023? Um, so I, I didn't have to think about it for a long time because I had plenty, Tom. So well well done you, if, if you had to think about it. Um, but I think the one that I'm most disappointed in myself in is my reading. Um, I, I read a lot and I generally read a lot of books every year. And this has been my worst in in a long time, since before COVID anyway. Um, I only managed five books this year, which is pretty, that's, that's poor going for me. But you know, I'm not. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. It's it's fine. It's been it's been a good year in many other ways. Um, but as a, you asked for a personal failure. So when you set your goals at the start of the year, um, my 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 reading was was up there, and yeah, didn't make it. But onwards. Has has there been a reason for it? Is it just with how busy you've been with all the the bright coaching stuff? Or no, I, no, I, I'm, I, I don't want to. No, I, I don't want to use that as an excuse because read, reading is kind of like a downtime thing, and I've just swapped it with watching telly mate to be honest i've got to be honest <laughs> i've watched far too much netflix and um in the evenings and not read enough books too much screen time close to bed as well so it's actually it, it causes two failures so you don't read enough and then you've got too much screen time before bed and you don't sleep you don't sleep well so yeah, yeah just just poor discipline terry poor discipline all discipline. See, I read for enjoyment. I watch TV when I just need to not pay attention to anything. And it's usually some kind of crap American sitcom. But either way, speaking of crap American sitcoms, Chris Benstead. I don't know how that segue works, but somehow it does. Um, what's your failure of 2023? I'm feeling horribly slated by Stuart then, because I don't know what too much Netflix is. And um, the poor discipline from not sleeping is, you know, I, I survive on four hours a night most nights. So. Um, <laughs> don't do sleep. Um, yeah, I, I, my brain's like excited all the time. Um, I, uh, I, I was going to say, um, that you know, so sort of my, my big personal failure is, is probably that I haven't yet got back to going to the gym. Um, because I, I want to, but clearly not enough. Um, but then I, I've managed to crash the DITC website. It's fine for anyone who wants to look at it, but the new stuff that I finally got around to sitting down and put it, putting on before Christmas killed it. Um, so thank you, Neil uh, Cartwright, for for doing that. If anyone needs a website, speak to Neil um, because he's been working over Christmas. <laughs> Thanks to me. Um, so I'm going to take that as my big big failure. Um, so Neil, as in he's now fixed it for you, not as in he's caused a bigger problem. No, no, Neil, who's trying to fix it still, because I do things properly. I never do things by halves. Fair enough. Uh, when are you going back to the gym, Chris? T- 2024. After af- after you've had a coaching session, Chris, possibly. <laughs> you, you never know. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Now I it down to 2024. I like it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share my biggest failure, actually, and I think mine is a little bit broader. Mine is the, my driving school. It's TC Drive. Uh, I think that I've continued to, well, what I believe, deliver some really good quality lessons this year. But I, maybe this is the wrong word, but I used to feel that my driving school was a, almost a bit special. Again, maybe not the right word, a bit pretentious, but some of the stuff that I used to do was very much, uh, Chris, we spoke about minimum standards before. There was, it was way above. You know, there was Facebook groups, there was lives, there was WhatsApp groups, there's the podcasts that I do, all that kind of cool stuff. And it's all fallen by the wayside this year. Um, a lot of my attention, and again, not an excuse, but a lot of the attention has gone on to this stuff instead. So I'm delivering quality lessons, but the stuff around that has really fallen by, even to the point where uh, my Theory Test Pro subscription expired and I didn't bother renewing it for about four months. 
Um, and that was just because I wasn't keeping time. The students were still using it. One of them even pointed out to me, oh, cat guy. All right, I'll sort it. And then forgot. And I just, I'm quite embarrassed by that and some of the stuff I've done there. And I really, really need to give myself a, a shake. And I've started actually over Christmas with some with some bits. And I mentioned the podcast there, the the five minute theory and the driving test podcast. Ridiculously inconsistent with those this year. Ridiculously inconsistent, bordering, well, not even bordering, genuinely unprofessional with the the, the way it's been. So yeah, this question, obviously, I thought of to ask to you guys. I'm like, yeah, that's obviously I haven't now because now I'm having to reflect on my own demise. But but there you go. That's that's my big failure for the year. Is I mean, there's a list I should say that I've got, I've got three pages of notes here, and two of them are my failures. Failures, but I chose to go with this one. Just as a just as a follow up on that, I I did take that as a personal failure, as in non business related. Because there's been a catalogue of business disasters that we, we we just don't need to talk about. But I just wanted to clarify that it's not that business is absolutely brilliant and the only thing that went wrong was that I didn't manage to lie back and read enough books. <laughs> catalogue of business disasters, so don't worry about, don't worry too much, Terry. I, I should clarify that my entire personal life is a failure at the minute. So it's it's very much <laughs> it was easier to say the business one. Um, but I, I want to move on. Uh, so let's go on to the, um, the 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 year in review. So I'm going to read out some of the the events and some of the key things that occurred in the first quarter of 2023, and then we can potentially reflect back on any of these guys if you want to. So in the first three months of 2023, several things happened. So first of all, the DVSA updated the theory test app to make it look better and prettier. Still not sure if it's got actually AI in it or not, but it looked better. However, they also updated the ready, uh, the Are You Ready website, which the updates around that, I think uh, we spoke about in the agreement at the time, Chris, we were very pleased with. We yep. did say it was quite test-focused, and we still kind of take that approach. So I'm going to mention this now because I spotted this the other day, and this both fascinates and excites me that the DVS, sorry, the Are You Ready campaign has now teamed up with the co-pilot. Uh, now, for those of you that don't know, Copilot is a road safety organization that creates road safety material for businesses. And it really intrigues me that Are You Ready are gone to this road safety organization that specifically it's road safety materials. And it makes me wonder where they're taking that Are You Ready next year. And I'm actually quite intrigued to see whether they do something really positive and really exciting or flounder and drop the ball. But either way, uh, time will tell. <laughs> um, go on, Chris. I, I just wanted to vote on it. That was all. Uh, was that floundering? <laughs> drop the ball. I'll put that as the uh, the, the poor one Spotify. Um, uh, speaking of the DVSA, a couple more points from them. Um, <laughs> they were supposed to be coming on at the start of the year. I kind of got official, well, not official, yeah, official confirmation by an email. I got a name and a title of the person that was coming on, and it never happened. Now, this was a combination, excellent, Mokris. Uh, this was a combination of um, myself not following up because I wasn't overly interested, but also they do listen to the show, and I think they heard how I spoke about them at times um, and never followed up with that so yeah it just amused me that listening back and looking back over someone knows whether it was postponed on then didn't this was also around about the time we had the now infamous love dear riders email 
about the success of 2022, uh, which led to some epic rants uh, on, on this podcast, which was interesting, let's say. And I'm very much looking forward to see whether she does the same uh, same email next year. So that could be interesting. She'll um, rewrite. <laughs> I mean, we should do his own version, potentially. Um, then, uh, speaking of rants, Bob Morton uh, came on the show in March, a filled-in for yourself, Chris, in March, and this was the episode where we spoke about the DVSA relaying the, the the results and the feedback from their consultation that they did. And this was a consultation where we all voted on things and they, and they ignored it and put through what they want to put through anyway. And Bob Martin's rant on that was absolutely epic. And if, if no one's heard that, they should go back and check out March's episode of The Green Room because that was a, an amazing rant, genuinely, including at one point he said the phrase, I believe I'm right with this, he said the phrase, anyone that doesn't think Chris Benstead is an expert is a fucking idiot. I believe that was his phrase. Uh, and that was in relation to something we might speak about later, Chris. So... Um, yeah, and the other thing I suppose that came up from uh, that that quarter was uh, it was the second ever driving instructor day on March the sixteenth, which is quite cool. So loads of stuff uh, going on in the first quarter. Anyone that wants to pick up on anything that we spoke about there, or anything I missed that you might want to add? Um, I'll take the the ready to pass and the the, the co pilot. I think it is really exciting. Um, I would be really interested to know if they've done any research about how. Um, what the impact has been from it and in, in terms of what 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 they, are they tracking their social media stats are they getting some um any feedback from the general public how are they doing that they've obviously spent a lot of money on it i wouldn't imagine they would spend that money without being able to get some kind of metrics on it um and obviously i've not had a good enough look at the co-pilot stuff because we don't i don't have access maybe you do terry um i've seen a couple of kind of sample kind of shots but if it's if you know it's it's Liz Box is involved, obviously, and we know that James Evans involved. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So if these guys are involved, it's not going to be about parallel parking, is it? It's not. It's not going to be that kind of stuff. So that's potentially very exciting. And I think um, if if we're talking about, I mean, maybe we will talk about it later on. That this kind of putting slight slight raising of the bar and. Tri- the industry trying to raise the standards on the DVSA, and then eventually they have to listen. Then this this would be another really important step towards that. I think. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, like, I I haven't seen a lot. I've seen the stuff they put on social media. Uh, I've spoke to James about James Evans about it and, and Liz actually. But the thing that James were getting across was it's not for driving instructors. But from the stuff I've seen and the, and the communication I've had, I actually think that for some of the bigger schools, it probably would be quite good. Because it's not cheap, you know. I'm not going to divulge prices, or they are out there, but it's not cheap. I don't think that anyone running a one man band would be have any business paying what they're paying for it. But I think for a, a, a you know reasonable size driving school that has a budget to go out and put that road safety campaign, that material, that material out, you will stand out as a driving school. Um, so if you're running a driving school, and I know some people do, uh, I, I would potentially take a look at that because I think that could be, I don't know if say a game changer, but it would would, would make people stand out. Um, Chris, is there anything you want to touch back on from, from that quarter? Um, no, I, I, you know, I always feel bad when I, when I jokingly laugh at the fact we know that they're going to 
pull a punch or fumble a ball because actually we've said numerous times I think ready to pass has been a cracking campaign and I think it's done a world of good um so yeah I, I think it's been great it, it's also been acknowledged by the DVSA that they've recognized the the minimum standards agency as, as an official title now um it's been noted uh apparently so you know hopefully that will also push them in that direction to maybe do something that's you know slightly slightly higher bar so we'll, we'll see but yeah I, I look forward to seeing what happens next year not just love day's letter i do you think she'll avoid sending one you know what? i'm i don't know because i don't think she'll have caught 99 of what was said about it um so i don't think she'll give a toss uh i'd like I to think she's gonna send it to terry first <laughs> well for me to read out on the podcast <laughs> Well, yeah, why not? You know, where there's a rule, there's a way. Uh, I will just say that I just uh, while you were talking about the minimum standards, I'm thinking, oh, how can that work as an acronym? And I think, oh, minimum standards energy, MSA. Probably <laughs> best not to go yeah. with that one. Um, I don't mind. NJC, sorry, NJC's <laughs> noting it down as we speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, that sounds great to me. You know, <laughs> I uh, I don't mind offending some people, but that might be going a bit too far. Uh, Tom, is, is there anything you want to touch back on with uh, the first quarter of the year? Uh, other than the March sixteenth, I think is a great day. Um, not only because it's my birthday, um, <laughs> which is you know, um, it only ever gets a bigger number, unfortunately. So you know, I know very much as Chris and and Stuart have said, you know, I, I think recognizing those minimum standards but for us as an industry which i'm pretty sure we'll touch on later how important it is to try and push that um and anything we can do that improves road safety in any way i think is a good step forward uh yeah i agree and, and obviously i'm a i'm a huge fan of driving a shot today march the 16th and it's it's in the it's one of those official calendars as well now you know that the calendars that celebrate every day we're actually in that now. You can find links over on the, the website and stuff like that. But it's, it's there's a chance it'll get put out as their official day on the 16th, which will be quite cool, although there is competition there. I think it's National Hot Dog Day or something in America as well. So, you know, stiff competition. And we need to remember that it's now international. So, yeah, yeah it's not just yeah. us. Swiss, German, Swiss. I keep saying Swiss. Swiss, German. Uh, Australian, American, and then oh, should I say Great Britain, not England, or the UK? I don't know what's offensive. Um, anyway, let, let's move on to the next question because uh, we've asked about the biggest failures of 2023, the biggest personal failures, as Stuart pointed out. Uh, so I want to ask about the biggest personal successes of 2023. So I will come to you first with this one, Stuart. What's your biggest personal success um, of 2023? So, 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 so again, I thought not non non business um, and. I'm glad you've asked me this one because it means I get to talk to someone other than my wife about it. So um, I play, I, I like playing sport. I play a little bit of sport. Um, and some people will know this and some people won't. But in 2021, um, I had a kidney transplant. That was my second kidney transplant. Um, and I play tennis. So in June, I think it was of this year, um, I went down to Coventry and I won a bronze medal in tennis. At the transplant games. Can you see that? There you go. There we go. There we go. So it's good that I get to talk to other people apart from my friends and my family because, believe me, they are absolutely sick to the back teeth of me talking about it. Um, But, yeah, that's been a big highlight for me. Um, And it means I've qualified for the European transplant games 
next year, which is in Lisbon. Um, so I get to go and do that and represent Team GB, which I assumed was why you were wearing the hat tonight, Terry. <laughs> Uh, fully the reason um, in support of, of your efforts uh, with the transport. The transport? Jeepers. Not going well. Transplant games. Well, I had no idea it was a thing, but um, but yeah, no, congratulations on that. That's obviously Thank you. amazing. Thank you. And uh, great that you go to uh, go to the European Games and, and Lisbon to do it next year. If yeah. you need someone to carry your bags, let me know. I will. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a tough job, but I would willingly sacrifice a week or so to come and do that for you um let me check that with my wife and my daughter first terry they may they may have beaten you to the punch on that one but i'll put you down as a reserve okay i'll put you down it's like a standard a standard check when someone doesn't turn up i'll have you as my plan b yeah i don't know how offended to be <laughs> um chris what's been your biggest highlight of 2023 I'm just enjoying the idea that, you know, in the transplant games, the tennis players use a shuttlecock and the badminton players use a golf ball. And <laughs> yeah, sorry. This, this is why I like you, Chris. Always thinking outside of the box. How can we make it better? <laughs> yeah. Just where my brain went. Yeah. Um, so what was I answering? Oh, yeah. Um, so mine mine is business related but it's because i haven't got much of a d- divide between personal and business um I, I i tend to think driving instructor all day long um i is more and more people talking about the theory as an actual thing instead of the thing that we don't talk about um and so many more people getting in touch new people each time that i haven't spoken to before getting in touch about a pupil um and just a bit more recognition, which also means a bit more competition. Um, but I, I like that. I'm all, I've said that from the beginning. You know, I, I, I want more people on board because otherwise I feel like I'm a, a heretic. Um, and at some point we're going to tip tip that scale so that we have recognised theory trainers, but not under the DBSA because I can't be doing with that. Um, I've, I've you know theory training. I've escaped them. It's great, um, but. I'm still stuck with them for audit. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, I, I think it's the theory and the recognition of it and and that side of things is, yeah, I don't feel like I'm just talking to a screen all the time, but I am. Literally. A um, <laughs> couple of things I'll touch on there, actually, because I also like the fact that you think outside the box, but I don't know how to make it out of podcasts sometimes. Especially when you then forget the question because you're too busy thinking of a, a witty alternative. Um, but uh, I, I, but to be serious for a second, because I do like to prod you gently now and again, and I, you know, at least Fairy calls you a bear, so I can say I like to prod the bear. But uh, what you've done with the theories deserves more recognition than it gets massively. It's uh, you spoke before about your website, about the, the stuff that's going on behind that that people don't see. They, they, they do not see, and probably I would hazard a guess about 80%, if not more, of what you do for that theory stuff. And whereas some people might go and only preach on TikTok, and others might only go and bitch and whine on Facebook, you actively make changes and campaign to make a difference. Even if it's about the shape of traffic lights, you still do it to actively campaign and make a difference. So, you know, I won't say this too much this episode, but you genuinely deserve far more credit than you get for what you're doing with the theory on both a macro and micro level. Um, so, yes, there you go. Enough said. Um, 
I'm going to move on to mine then, my big success of 2023. And I, I, probably a bit like Chris here, I, I blend business and personal because my business is just me. It's, everything at the minute is is kind of all of me is into my business, but that is just where I need to be right now. And my biggest success this year has been growth, um, reduction in my waste, but growth in the business. So the the podcast growth, uh, I'll, you know, brief numbers for you. Twenty twenty one, it was released, and in that year, I did ten thousand downloads. Twenty twenty two. I did 20,000 downloads, and in 2023, I've done 33,000 downloads. Should probably be about 24 bits at year ends, but, you know, so that growth, my goal for this year was 30, so that growth is ridiculous for me. The same with the premium membership, and when I'm talking about the growth on this stuff, it's not just the numbers, which have grown significantly. Way blew my targets out of water. So thank you for everyone that signed up to, well, the podcast and the premium and the people that kicked off online about it that time that really helped it grow. But also the the way people are within it. So the community that's growing over there with the interactivity that's growing over there, the feedback, the, the amazing people that are joining that community, whether it is the paid or the free stuff, I don't really give a toss at this point. The fact that that's growing and becoming something, I'll use the word again, and I'm not afraid to use it, special, I think is just something I'm, I'm ridiculously proud of. And I fully intend to keep that ball rolling for as long as humanly possible. And that is my success for 2023, and I'm damn proud of it. And Tom, what's yours? I feel like mine's really low compared to everyone else's now, but um, I learned to plaster in 2023. Um, and I'm happy to say that the walls that I've plastered haven't fallen down. So as a that's, personal thing, I feel like that's good growth. That's that's far too manly for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to draw a line there, guys. That's that's <laughs> I've uh, still got quite an impressive scar from the time I attempted to plaster. So uh yes, I think that that is quite a good achievement. And I'm not gonna lie, I think I'm slightly more impressed with that than mine. <laughs> I would like another conversation off air of how you got a scar while you were plastering. Oh, a big thing fell down on me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a slightly embarrassing one. We'll save it for off air. Um, but, but yes, um, no, I, I love them. As much as I think it's important to look at failures and look at how we can take those failures forward and, being completely honest, for people that sometimes only see the shiny side to see that stuff does go wrong, I am also a massive believer that we should celebrate successes. So big well done to you all for your successes there. But I'm going to move on to the second quarter of the year. And let's have a quick recap of this. So kind of touched on this before, Chris, because the first expert session took place in, in April and that caused a bit of fuss, doesn't it? So I'm going to mention this again because I only mention it every episode because it amuses me that much. Uh, I was really, really pleased with this. I wanted to do something slightly different to the presentations that are currently out there, and I decided to call them expert sessions after a suggestion from someone else because obviously the podcast is expert leaders, innovators, and game changers. Someone else suggested that we do an expert session on roundabouts because it's not included in the old-style PST. So excellent idea. I could do that, but I know someone that could do a better job, Chris Benstead. So you come along, Chris, and um, called me a world of grief. <laughs> um, the, the comments that stand out are that I should not 
I should charge my students more so I can give everything away for free to driving instructors. That was a good one. Who am I to call you an expert? I think was another one. Uh, there was a lot of snake oil salesman I was called, which was great. Uh, hoodwinking people, all this kind of stuff, which was amazing. Before I just ask for your take on that, Chris, because I'm genuinely keen now looking back on it. One of the things that I noticed, uh, not necessarily at the time, but shortly after, that was only a handful of people, maybe three or four people that shouted very, very loudly. A lot of people joined that conversation being a lot less dickish, but being very, very nice. And I hadn't really clocked that at the time, but there were a lot of people jumping into yours and my defense there. And I didn't really clock it at the time. And I just thought, you know what? There are more good people out there than bad. It's just the bad ones often shout loudest. So just before I go through the rest of this, because it is specifically kind of tied into you, Chris, do you have any thoughts on that at all? I, I think it's the the negatives are the ones that get your blood pressure up a bit. And you, you never get that same response from someone being nice. I, I as as anyone watching will will know, um, you know, I don't like compliments. Um, so you see me kind of want to crawl into my seat when you're being nice to me, which doesn't happen often, so it is appreciated. Um, but, yeah, I, th I think when when you get someone, I'd, I'd rather just ignore them. Um, I know you you have more of a habit of ignoring them than I do. I, I'd, I'd like to engage in conversation just to find out why they're so upset. Um, I, I will leave it with my other half's favourite phrase of, you know, I, I just kind of felt, are you all right, hun? Um, which is how she destroys people on Facebook. Uh, so if you ever get one of those, it's because she thinks you're being a dick. Oh, I think my favourite phrase in those situations is quite simply, everything is content. And it was. <laughs> uh, my post the following day was still my favourite Facebook post of all time and one of my most popular. So everything is content. But uh, let's move on from a little bit of the self-indulgence to a bit more self-indulgence because we then went to the Coventry, I believe it was, for the Expo. Uh, which we performed the Green Room Live, which was where Stuart opted to mark me down, starting with a 10, and I think got down to a 3 at some point. Uh, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, another, another expo. What was it called at the time? It wasn't expo, it was something else. But either way, something at Coventry, lots of people. It was also the time we had the, uh, I'm going to try and use a polite word, I can't think of one, demise of tri-coaching which whatever you think of that and the way it was handled is almost irrelevant at this point. The fact that we lost uh, such a training institution was disappointing, um, but I'm not going to dwell on that too much. We oh, also, this was a time when I got complaints about using the word awesome, uh, which I think then resulted in me doing the uh, five awesome things on Friday post every, every Friday since. Uh, also, we had the trigger changes. So the monumental changes where driver faults, uh, the triggers were changed from five to six driver faults and serious faults from 0.5 to 0.55, which basically means I don't have to be as good as my job, which is great. It was also <laughs> the month, Chris, there's a lot about you in this this quarter. Also the quarter where you solved the driving test waiting times by working yep. out that everyone needs to take a test in their own area and test waiting times will be solved within three months. I think we worked out as... So you did the brains, I used the calculator. And then the only other things I want to mention from that month that stand out for me uh, were the, there's a massive push from the DVSA again around mock tests with uh, the survey results that were actually expected and then uh, webinars and all that kind of stuff. So again, uh, quite a an eclectic few months. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on that quarter? 
Um, so so March was Kempton Park, uh, Kempton, Terry, wasn't it? It was, you're right. Yeah, yes, down, in, down, down in Middlesex, yeah, because that, that's where we met for the first time. So I'm disappointed that didn't make your highlights real there, actually. <laughs> I'm getting mixed up between Kempton and Coventry, but yes. Uh, that was the first time I met Terry and I was disappointed. That's all I heard from that statement. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not the first, you won't be the last. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Kemp- Kempton was good. Kempton was a, a good conference. Yeah, enjoyed it. Tom, anything you want to chuck into that quarter? Not really, actually, about that quarter. But something that's just cropped up was you mention it, mentioning the the DVSA parameters. Um, for those of you who don't know, the um, ADI one has just been updated, um, and they've actually got a section in there about um, the test information program. Which last year the DVSA loved to say that they didn't like calling it triggers. However, in the ADI one, they've now put it down as trigger points, which I just think is classic from a twenty twenty three perspective. Yeah, they they they're allowed to call it triggers. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. No, it's because it's a reference to triggers broom, because they keep doing the same old same old as saying it's new. Yeah. I I thought that one, but I couldn't get it to work. So I appreciate that, Chris. Uh, Chris, is there anything you want to touch on there from that quarter? I'll I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay, um, let, let's move on to this one. Then the next question I want to ask you guys, and we're going to start with you on this one, Chris. What is the most encouraging thing about our industry that's come to you from 2023? I've already said about more people interested in theory, so I'm going to go with the other thing that stood out to me from the whole of the year, which is more people engaging with CPD and more new faces at the conference events that I've been to. Um, yeah, I was used to walking around and knowing everybody. Uh, that's that's what it was like and um now that's the minority you know it, it's lots of new faces and people coming and saying hello and you know complimenting my podcast um <laughs> which happens a lot um uh, <laughs> but i uh yeah no i, I the the engagement with the, the appetite for cpd development holding yourself to account i think has increased a lot um and you know I hope that grows as you've already recognized there's a you know we've we've lost um a, a potentially large training you know organization but I think there's others coming through that are seeing an opportunity there and and hopefully that will then you know flower some some new fruits um so yeah I I I think that that kind of CPD appetite is something that's really stood out for me in in the last 12 months I'm I'm going to jump straight into mine here because mine's as long a similar vein, but it's more around the people, and you kind of talk about the new people. So it's like we go to these events, and and it, the what I've written down there is new blood. It's like we're seeing new blood at the events. I'm seeing new people on the instructor podcast. I'm seeing new people in the premium. There's I look at the a lot of the people coming into the industry now that they're jumping on the positive bandwagon. They're jumping on as you mentioned the CPD bandwagon. You know the and I just think this is incredible. You know, I look at how I was when I came in the industry. I was, I've said this before, I was like the miserable, I was like the the, the antithesis, antithesis of everything that, that we think of. And I was like that, and I've brought myself around, and more people are coming in the opposite to that now, which I think is is amazing. I had a brilliant message the other day, and this isn't the only time I've had this sort of message, but from someone who will remain nameless uh, in my premium group, that they said, I am your most cynical member 
when it comes to stuff like coaching and, and this kind of stuff. But, you know, thank you for all that you do. And I'm like, how brilliant is it that I've got this, someone that's specifically saying they're cynical about this stuff, but they are still coming and paying for this content because they want to explore it. What, what an amazing position the industry is in when we look at it like that. It's really easy to look at the, the cynical, old, I don't care, it's late, sad, desperate people that are just out to bitch and mourn about everything. It's t- As I mentioned before, they shout loudest. And it's easy to get bogged down by that. And I get bogged down by that. But when we take a step back and look at these exciting new blood that's coming into the industry and some of the stuff that's going on, you know, we, I, I've mentioned before about your theory stuff, Chris, and, and uh, you know, your um, the qualification, the new course you've got, Stuart. Remind what it's called? The PDA Level 7. That'll do for me. Um, you know, all this kind of stuff that's coming through. And, and Tom, I've already arranged to work with you next year because you're doing something slightly different that I haven't come across before. So all this exciting stuff excites me. This has got my juices flowing for next year, whereas at the start of this year, I was a little bit downtrodden thinking, oh, where's the new stuff and i'm starting to get excited again so yeah the new people it's a big one for me so kind of along a similar vein as as you there chris but but yeah um so i'm going to come to you then tom same question what's what's your most encouraging thing about the industry at the minute actually i'm going to follow the same theme because i I think from what chris has said and from what you've said i've met more younger people like myself and you terry more younger people in the industry that are coming in that are far more enthusiastic than other people in the industry. And I think for me, enthusiasm is really, really important, not just for, you know, I want to do well at the job or, you know, I want to be um, I want to be good at my job. There seems to be a lot of new people coming in that are enthusiastic about making a difference. And I think those are the people we need in the industry, um, you know, from all the stuff that Chris does and the stuff that Stuart's doing. You know, I'm not taking that away from anybody, but I think when we've got young blood that are enthusiastic about CPD, about um, improving themselves and improving the industry, I just can't see any downsides to it. So I think for me, that's definitely one of the encouraging things is that um, we've we've got newer people coming in that have that enthusiasm. And it's infectious. Mm. You know, I, I say it to my learners all the time. My job is to get the enthusiasm up. But if they come in enthusiastic, that gets more out of me. It makes yeah. my job easier. And it's the same with this. You know, the, the people that come along to these uh, to watch these Zoom recordings, I, I, that makes me want to produce a better product. Yeah, I've got people that want to, why does anyone want to come along and watch this? I can't get my head around it, but they do. And I therefore want to do better. And I, I'm just, and you can hear it in me now. This is kind of a genuine enthusiasm from me, from this. So yeah, again, love that. Fully agree. Stuart? Um, yeah, so I've got a couple of things from what, what all three of you have talked about there. Um I I also wrote down um, the fact that it seems to me that there are more people um, talking about not just CPD, but talking specifically about things out with the standards check and part three. And that that's that's what I'm interested in, obviously, because of the, of the qualification with bright coaching. Um, so I, I wrote that down as my answer to the question. And then I started getting a bit worried that maybe it just seems that way because you create, we all kind of create little echo chambers for ourselves. And my worry was that are we in danger of thinking that things are getting better when in actual fact we're just 
um, being exposed to the people who are shouting loudest, who are the people who are like, you know, mad for CPD. But, and I don't think there's any right or wrong answer there. I, I would say that we, a couple of things about new people coming into the industry. Tom's, I work with Tom at the NGC, and Tom's heard me bang on, I'm sure, about how important it is to get PDIs into the associations. Um, I think PDIs are going to be the lifeblood of things like doing the theory tests differently, Chris, because they're at that stage. Where, you know, we've got to be careful that we're not ageist here, which I'll come on to in a second. It's when, when PDIs come into this industry, that's when they are at their most enthused. Um, all the stuff is still fresh in your head. I'm on record with uh, my team of instructors saying I would rather have a, a newly trained PDI train my instructor possibly than somebody who's been doing the job 30 years and is now bored of it because there's a lot to be said for just a, a really hungry, keen PDI yeah. who's in a new job desperate to make a success of it. Um, but we do have to remember before we slag off um, we're not slagging anymore. Before we refer to the, the other people, which is, let's just leave it as that, that the PDIs who are coming into the industry now have access to stuff that we didn't. And when I say we, I qualified 15, uh, 14, 15 years ago. Um, and none of this stuff existed. Mm. So the, 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 there weren't any, any, nobody was doing the stuff that you're doing, Terry. The associations were not on the radar, not in Scotland anyway, maybe down south. Um, and getting information was just very, very tricky. Facebook was just a shambles. Facebook was a personal thing. Nobody knew how to use it for business as far as I'm concerned back then. Um, so the PDIs are arriving at a very good time. This new generation of driving instructors that everyone's talking about has access to a lot more resources than the previous generation had. Um, so I, I don't really know what side of the fence I'm going on there. I think I'm positive specifically about the fact that there are more things being talked about, um, that it's kept, you, you, there's more choice to your CPD than just going on, and on a standards check workshop, as important as that is. And it's important that all of us work together to keep the new generation of PDIs who are coming through enthused because we'll, they'll just carry on. And that's how you change a culture. That's how you change a culture, which is should be a, a number one priority for all of us who are involved in that kind of thing. That's fascinating for me. Um, it, here's the thing for me that, and I, I try really hard not to talk about me sometimes in this way, but I'm going to, you're right. There, there wasn't, no one was doing the instructor podcast where I did the instructor podcast, but I was that cynical. As I say, when I came in, I was that person that my trainer had said to me, you know, you, it's an example. We pulled up at the side of the road and someone pulled up next to us at that side and there wasn't enough room for a car to get through. The person that pulled up next to us went into the house. A car came along and my trainer's like, well, I'm not moving. I was here first. Why should I move? Cue a car's behind us. And I'm like, can we just move? Because I don't care who's at fault. Can we? And he's going, no, stay there. And he's beeping his arm for this guy to come out and eventually he comes out and moves his car from there correctly. But we felt like I felt like we were there for like a day. You know, and this is me as a PDI. And that's who I learned from. I'm not meant to be overly critical of him. As you said, that was the culture back then, that kind of stuff. I wasn't willing to accept that. So I created the instructor podcast and I filled the hole that was missing. We're all doing that in one way or another with something now. Yeah. And I think it is too easy sometimes to sit back and go, yeah, but we didn't have access to this. Oh, someone's created it. 
right? And also it's there now. So when I look at this screen now and I look at the list of names that are here watching this, no offense to you all, but none of them are spring chickens. But they're all there looking at ways that they can change and adapt and create. You know, Fiona McMeekin was on recently talking about working with deaf students on the Instructor Podcast. She's coming tonight to watch this. And it's like, this is what I'm referring to. I don't accept that as an excuse. I understand it because I was in that boat. And I do understand it. And But it's the it's the people that will sit there and moan and whine and bleed and not do anything. And here's the thing. I've got to a point now where I'm like, yeah, you do you. You know, you you call everyone else a snowflake, but it was the one throwing a tantrum. You know, you do you. We're going to over, come over here and making this for a better place. Where I do agree, and, you know, feel free to come back on all this in a second, but where I do agree is the echo chamber thing. I'm very aware of that. It's why I stay on Facebook. It's why I go and look at old groups and see what's being spoken about. What I think is that there is more of the positive than there used to be. So quite where it ranks on the scale of which is higher and which is lower, I don't know. But it's growing. And that's what excites me, the fact that it's growing. Because if it's growing now, where's it going to be in 10 years? That, that I think, is what excites me. And that's what I get enthusiastic. So, you know, feel free to come back at me there. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, like, like I said, it, these, these were just thoughts that I had as I was thinking about how to answer this question. And I didn't come to any kind of definitive um, answer in my head about it all um, and whether I, I, I was wary of making the, I was wary, wary of making the claim that you're making that you, you feel it is getting a lot better maybe you didn't say a lot maybe it is but I I'm yet to be convinced about that the the the, the content is there the the people are there the people who are um, like yourself like San Harper um, Kevin Tracy, who are, who are creating all this new kind of content, is is the first step. But changing a culture takes a long time, as you said, could be ten years. But the the, the way to start it is by um, is getting to the PDIs first of all. But we are definitely going to need some help from the DVSA. At some point, the training process is going to have to be overhauled, and that's going to be. That, that, that's, that, that's going to be huge. That will happen, I think. It's going to be huge when it happens. There's going to be dramas everywhere. You're you're going to have to have a, a new podcast series to deal with it, I'm sure. Um, but that that that, that will come. Um, yeah, I'm trying to be positive. I've, I've, I've got, got a positive new podcast coming out next year. I can't do another one. I need you to be positive, Stuart. I need you to say something <laughs> warm for this bit. Just say anything nice to me so I can move on. It's all going to be okay, Terry. Thank you. That's all I needed. Right. Okay. So let's move on then to the third quarter of next of next year, of this year. Hold on. The third quarter of 2023. Ups and downs. Big ups and downs this year. Um, so probably the biggest debate was had, which two of you were a part of, uh, which uh, the gas versus bite. That was this quarter. Uh, shook the industry to its car. Um, still debating whether to do a whole series on it or not. Can't decide. <laughs> It was, I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> it was also the the, the period where uh, Love Day Rider, uh, it's not in Parliament, but in one of the parliamentary processes somewhere, I've wrote down here, because this is what it was, blamed everyone except the DVSA, including an increase, hold on, uh, an increase in forecast demand, sustained industrial action, and low customer confidence in test availability, they apparently were the reasons why there is a waiting time for tests. Nothing to do with it, a lack of tests. It was the all of those reasons. Um, 
The other things I want to mention here, um, the Megana, the first ever Interrupted Podcast Megana, which you know, ridiculously proud of. Uh, and two of you guys again were I feel very like bad dropping you out of this Tom they've been a couple of times said two of you and it's these two um, but yeah two of these guys want it we'll get you on the third one um and you know just awesome love that uh brilliant thing that we did um also was the introduction of 20 mile hour speed zones in Wales which basically meant that everything was broken everything went wrong and so many tantrums fallen all over the place we had some amazingly wonderful spellings of Chris Benstead <laughs> my favourite one was Christ Benson, which I think was the intelligent <laughs> instructor. And then I stole one. You made me change because someone got offended. Uh, but either way. Uh, and then the last one I'll mention before I open to you guys, you want to come back in. Obviously, this was when we uh, we lost Lou Walsh. And uh, we did a, an episode on that. And it was, oh, in many ways, one of the hardest episodes I've done. It was also... I hope that you guys know what I mean when I say this, but in many ways, one of the best episodes I've done. And, you know, some lovely feedback from friends and family and listeners. And, yeah, I want to take a moment now to to thank you, Chris and Phil Cowley, for joining me on it. And also for the feedback I got, because, you know, you know this, Chris, where I was massively in two minds whether to do it or not, because I was really, really scared of seeming like I was pouncing on an opportunity. And it was never about that, ever and the the feedback from that was just lovely uh so thank you anyone that listened or gave me any kind of feedback uh much appreciated but also you know what i i wasn't the the most fun of times for for, for an obvious reason but um yeah I, I'm, i'll does anyone want to uh throw any contribution into that quarter i there's lots of stuff there but i i i think with regards you know the podcast about Louise and the feedback that we got from it. And, and both of us were kind of a bit unsure and felt something was needed. And, you know, as, as Stuart said, you are the pl- platform for, for podcasts. It shouldn't be anywhere else. Um, looking at the response from the industry, as well as being incredibly sad, I was incredibly proud at the same time um, for what Lou had managed to achieve, uh, what instructors had managed to achieve, and I, you know, I don't think there could have been a better tribute, as, and you know, with the the outcry from the in- industry of you know of what we'd lost and and what she'd stood for and, and everything else, um, and yeah, I think that that you know was was a massive positive in 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 a lot of ways that I think we will maybe not yet but in the future we'll we'll hang on to as as a real tribute and and that was the tribute you know there were lots of little things and we all tried to do you know something to acknowledge um the loss but I think actually the the actual response was was the thing um I don't know anyone else who in in our little world you know that that would 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 have got that same kind of you know um heartfelt response from people uh and i know there's a lot of people still still trying to come to terms with things and you know it's i've i've they've been on my mind over christmas because it must have been the most difficult christmas ever um so you know uh, say i'm you know very aware of that 
But um, yeah, I, I just feel that 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 was was there was something incredibly personal and positive inside of of such a tragic loss. Yeah, agreed. Um, Tom Stewart, anything you want to chip in with? I think, I think the, um, sorry, you go, Tom. I think it was nice to see such a celebration of not only Lou's life, but you know, for for what she's done for the industry. Um, and I like to look at the positives in things, and I think there was such a big celebration of her and what she's done. Um, and you know, as Chris has said, I think it was such a positive, even though there were lots of things to be sad about. Um, yeah, I don't know anyone else that could have produced that really. I would, I would agree with that as well. Um, I think one of the striking things for me was, um, there were people on Facebook who I've been friends with on Facebook for years who never put anything on Facebook. They don't comment on groups. They don't um, like any posts or anything like that. And all of a sudden they were popping up um, posts with photos of themselves and selfies with, with, with Lou Walsh. And not just one or two, like a whole series of them from like years ago that they'd been on every single um, BLR. I was very, I was late to the BLR. Um, I didn't get involved in it until very, very recently. Ironically, um, I was to be the lead car in, in this year's, really, for this one. Um, Lou asked me to do that. Um, so, yeah, just the, the her impact and her influence um, and the network that she created and the, the legacy that she's left. Um, so much of it seen public, but so much of it underneath the surface as well in our industry. Um, that 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 was really apparent to me over the next. I mean, it's still going on. You you, you still see people tagging her in Facebook posts. Um, you know, pe- people in, in Scotland. I'm, I'm thinking about in particular. Um, but yeah, yeah. Everyone seemed to have a low story, didn't they? I think I, yeah. that's what I noticed. It was that day. It was like Jesus. So how how. How is this a thing? Um, in, in the most loveliest of ways, um, yeah, it, I'd say very mixed emotions looking back. It's like I said about the, the podcast, but about the time, it's on one hand, you'd never want to have to do that. On the other, it just there's elements of, wow. So this edition of The Green Room lasted for over two hours. So rather than release it all in one go, we decided to make it a part one and the part two so you've just listened to part one and part two will be coming up in the next couple of days so make sure you're checking your feed to get that as we review the remainder of 2023 as well as asking the last couple of questions as always i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you want to find out any more from the guests or get in touch you can go to the show notes and check out all the links for them over there so I'm just going to finish off today by saying thank you for listening throughout this entire season, whether it's been the Instructor Podcast, whether it's been webinars, meganars, whether you've been part of the Facebook group, the premium, or even you've just chosen to listen to The Green Room, which I know some people do. They ignore every other episode and just listen to The Green Rooms, which is completely fine by me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for communicating this year and have a truly wonderful 2024. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.